Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in 2 Kings 9 and 10. We're going to talk about the righteous judgment of God, and we're going to do that by looking at King Jehu, king of the northern kingdom of Israel, who is expressly chosen by God to carry out his judgment against the house of Ahab and against Jezebel, who had led people toward Baal worship. Jezebel, of course, had killed many prophets of God, and Jehu is the one who is going to carry out God's vengeance and judgment against these people and their descendants. And it's eye-opening. It is R-rated for violence, for sure. We're going to do a quick overview of chapters 9 and 10 in 2 Kings, and then we're going to make an application to the gospel. And so I'm going to read where Jehu is anointed, and this is what it says in chapter 9, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of the Lord over Israel, and you shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, so that I may avenge on Jezebel the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male bond or free in Israel." So he goes on. First thing he needs to do is take out Jehoram or Joram, who's the king of Israel. And then he kind of usurped the throne. And then he's going to take out Ahaziah, the king of Judah. He does that with a bow and arrow in both cases. Then it's time to execute Jezebel. Uh, He talks people who are with her to throw her off the balcony that she is on. And her blood splatters everywhere. She gets trampled on by horses. He goes in to eat. And then he says, let's go get the body of Jezebel. After all, she was the daughter of a king and we should give her a proper burial. But when they get out there, Jezebel is nothing except a skull in the palms of her hands and her feet. She's been eaten by the dogs, which is in accordance with the prophecy that was made about how her demise was going to play out. And so this is getting gruesome, and God's judgment is being poured out like crazy. Go to chapter 10, and Jehu is going to slaughter Ahab's descendants. There are 70 of them in Samaria, and he works with the the great men of the city to get these 70 guys taken out of and, and, and have their heads cut off and sent to Jehu in baskets. Again, this is outrageous, right? Who would have thought that this would be in the Bible? And then you go to chapter uh, 10, verse 13, and he runs into some relatives of Ahaziah, the king who he killed earlier, and he takes them out. They're all slaughtered. Then they run into some more of Ahab's family in Samaria, wipes them out. That's verse 17. Then you get down to this place where it's time to deal with the false prophets of Baal. And to do that, Jehu acts like he wants to make this great sacrifice to Baal. He says, you know, Ahab worshiped Baal a little. I want to worship Baal a lot. And so get all the prophets together. I'm going to make this amazing burn offering sacrifice. And so he does that. But then as soon as it's over, he has his men kill every one of the false prophets of Baal and tears down the house of Baal, tears down the pillar of Baal, demolishes it. This is the end of Baal worship. And scripture says in chapter 10, verse 27, that he made the house of Baal a latrine to this day. So Jehu is on a killing spree. And what we'll find out tomorrow when we talk about him is that Jehu ultimately didn't end up being a faithful king. He he disobeyed God's commands in many ways. In fact, he may have gone beyond what God wanted him to do 
with regard to carrying out his justice. There are some scholars who believe that some of the stuff Jehu did here was not expressly commanded by God, and God's going to hold that against him. It's like he's this bloodthirsty maniac who uh, God uses to carry out his judgment, but then he goes a little too far. And uh, we can talk more about that tomorrow. But here's the big question, the elephant in the room that we have to deal with. And that is, even if a fraction of what we read in chapters 9 and 10 was okay with God, how on earth is the God who we are taught about in vacation Bible school or Sunday school or in many churches, how on earth is this okay for this God to be this vengeful or this mean or this brutal? Somebody asked a theologian and a preacher that I follow named Vody Bauckham, why does God seem to be so mean in the Old Testament, but so nice and gracious in the New Testament? Vody Bauckham said, well, evidently you haven't read to the end of the New Testament. And so I want to do that right now. Uh, this is a revelation. This is John's vision of the final judgment that is to come. And we're in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 and following. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And so here's the thing. God has always been very righteous, very holy. God has always been in, in, interested in justice. He hates sin. Every one of us is guilty of it. Every one of us deserves the end that Ahab got or Jezebel or the family of Ahab. But just like God is just and holy and righteous, then he must punish sin like we've read in chapters 9 and 10 of 2 Kings. He's also loving and gracious and compassionate, which is what motivated him to send Jesus Christ to live a perfect life that we can't live, to meet every righteous requirement of the law so that he could stand as a blameless and holy sacrifice dying on the cross, rising again on the third day, defeating sin, death, and the power of the devil so that any of us who put our faith and trust in him will have this great transaction, this great exchange happen whereby we get the righteousness of Christ and we get our sins marked paid by Christ's death on the cross so that our, our names are written in the book of life that is written about in Revelation 20 and we can stand holy and blameless before the Lord even though you and I deserve the same punishment and the same end that Ahab and Jezebel and the sons of Ahab had had done to them in 2 Kings. Isn't this an amazing gospel? And isn't it great to understand the justice and the righteousness of God? Because if we don't understand that, if we not come to terms with how serious he is about sin, it diminishes the value we put on the gospel. Lord, help us to put a great value on the gospel. Thank you for sending a substitute in our place to do what we can't do so that we could be part of your family now and forever. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries, 
First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.